And we're going to come to the word right now this morning. And the title of this message today is Thriving in Exile. Thriving in Exile. And I pray that this word would be an encouragement to you this morning and be a help for each and every one of us during the difficult times in which we are living in. And if you've got a Bible this morning, can you please turn to a familiar passage? It's Jeremiah 29, and we're going to be reading from verse 4 to 14. Title of this message is Thriving in Exile. And this is what it says. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that they may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things that I have promised and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. Fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. You know, I'm sure you'd agree with me this morning that these past six months or this year has probably been the hardest year that we've had for over 20 years. I know that this has been the most difficult year that I've ever gone through in my own life, but, but I'm sure for every one of us, we've never experienced anything like this in our time. We've endured more hardship in these last six months than over these past 20 years. You know, everything that can be stripped away from us has been stripped away, hasn't it? You know, our freedom, our daily routines, our, you know, all these things that we often take for granted, these have been taken away from us. You know, it seems like there's more and more restrictions that are being imposed on us in our time. You know, the government are imposing more and more restrictions, aren't they? Even if you see the news, you know, they're talking about more lockdowns up north this week now and and more and more lockdowns. And it seems for us here in Wales that another lockdown seems imminent. And you know, with, with all of this, this being said by the government, with all this happening in our nation, you know, the government said even this week that, that we have to prepare for probably the hardest winter that we've ever gone through as a nation. And you know, it really seems at this time that hope is fading, doesn't it? It seems like hope is fading. And you know, a question that has been running through my mind and something that I've been praying about over the last few months and last few weeks in particular is, How are we going to move forward from this? How are we supposed to move forward in these difficult times where our freedom's been taken away, where we have all these restrictions? How are we going to move forward? And I've been even praying about that for us as a church. How are we going to navigate our way through these difficult times where where things seem to be changing every single week? New rules, new restrictions. How are we going to begin to move forward? You know, I'm sure that's how the people of God felt during Jeremiah's time. As we've read this morning in Jeremiah 29, I'm sure they felt like that. I'm sure they felt like they'd lost all hope and they were wondering, how are we going to move forward? 
You know, this happened, what we read about this morning, this happened more than 500 years before Jesus. God's people, they were living in Judah. And although they were going to the temple in Jerusalem regularly, although they were worshiping God, in their hearts, they were actually turning away from God. The Bible tells us that the people of God had actually begun worshiping false gods and false idols. But you know, God loved them so much that God would send prophets to them to try and get them to turn back to God so that they would surrender their lives to God wholeheartedly and turn away from the false gods and idols. But you know, the Bible tells us that they wouldn't listen. Prophet after prophet, they wouldn't listen to God. And so God said, right, if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to allow an enemy to come. And the enemy was called the Babylonians. And the Babylonians, they came in. They tore down the walls. They smashed through the temple. They conquered. They pillaged in the towns. And they scattered all of the people of God throughout the Babylonian empire. The people of God now found themselves in exile. Their freedom had been taken away. They had new rulers now. They were living in a foreign land. And at this time, God had a man who was speaking to his people. The prophet at that time, his name was Jeremiah. He was a young man, but he spoke to the people on behalf of God. God used him in mighty ways. God would use Jeremiah to encourage the people to turn back, but they didn't listen. However, in this passage that we've read this morning, we see that because of their disobedience to God, the people of God found themselves in exile. They were scattered in a foreign land as I've said, and and now we see that they were in this strange place. But the Bible tells us that Jeremiah, he was still in Judah. He was still there. Even though all the people had been scattered throughout the Babylonian Empire, Jeremiah was still in Judah. But you know, despite all this, it didn't stop God from speaking to his people. God will always find a way to speak to us. God will speak to us. If he wants to speak to us, if he's got a message for us, then he will find whatever way possible to speak to us. You can even read in the Old Testament how God spoke through a donkey. So God can find a way to speak to us. And even in this circumstance, in this situation where Jeremiah was in Judah and the people were all over the place in the Babylonian empire, God still spoke to his people. It didn't stop the word of the Lord coming to the people. And so Jeremiah, he has this word from God for the people in captivity, in exile. So Jeremiah, he sends a letter to them. He didn't have Facebook. He couldn't jump on FaceTime or Skype. He couldn't message them. He sends a letter to the people with this word from the Lord. But this word from God, it wasn't a very uplifting one to begin with. Because God says to his people, he says, you're in exile because of your disobedience. But he says to them, you're actually going to stay in captivity, not just for a little time. You're going to be in captivity for 70 years. Can you imagine hearing that? Imagine hearing that from the government this week that actually we're going to be in lockdown for 70 years. Can you imagine that? That's what the people had to live with. Everything had been taken away from them. Their homes, their jobs. I'm sure many of them had been separated from their family members. Their freedom had been taken away. And now God says to them that they're going to have to live in a foreign land for 70 years. They would be under the rule of an enemy for 70 years. I'm sure that the people of God were grateful for that, weren't they? Not, you know, yeah, I'm sure that they, they thought, thank you, God. Thank you, Jeremiah. I don't really want this letter. Thank you for telling us that, that we're going to be stuck here for 70 years. But despite all of that, 
God actually gives his people some instructions. He says, yes, you're going to be in captivity for 70 years, but I'm going to give you some instructions. And also, I'm going to give you a promise. And God tells them two things that will not only help the people survive during these 70 years in captivity, but God actually wants his people to thrive in exile. God wanted his people to thrive in captivity. I know I really believe that God wants us during these difficult times, not just to survive and just to get through it. I believe this is an opportunity for the church of Jesus to thrive in this season, to step into all that God has for us. And we see here that there are two things that God tells his people in order for them not just to survive this captivity, but to thrive. And I believe these can help us in our lockdown times. And the first thing that God says to his people is don't dwindle away. Don't dwindle away. In other words, God was telling his people here, we're in exile. He said, actually, make yourself at home because you're going to be here a long time. You aren't going to be here a few weeks. You're going to be in captivity for a long time. And God didn't want his people just going through these 70 years waiting for, for them just to pass by. He didn't want his people just to sit there mourning and grumbling and, and just sitting there waiting for these 70 years to pass by, waiting till their time in captivity was up. But God wanted his people to thrive, even in a foreign land, even when everything had been taken away from them. God wanted his, his people not to just survive, but to thrive. Listen to this instruction that he gives them in Jeremiah 29, verse 4 to 7. It says, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives, he is exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Listen to what he says. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that they might have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And then he says, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. God was actually telling the people of God there, his own people, said, yes, you're going to be in a foreign land, but God is saying to them, make the most of this opportunity. Don't just see this opportunity as a hindrance, but actually use this as an opportunity not to dwindle away, but to thrive. Pray for your enemies, bless your enemies, work hard, Get settled there, build homes, multiply, do all these things. God was saying to them, don't become complacent, don't complain, but begin to rebuild in your new life. Begin to step into all that I have for you in this new land because God wanted his people to flourish. In other words, God was telling his people there, get used to different, get used to different. And that was the first word that I shared with us as a church as we reopened a few months ago, get used to different. Everything in our society has changed right now. And we as a people, we could be like everybody else, mourning, complaining, filled with fear, filled with worry. But God says, don't be like that. Instead of just surviving and get, waiting for this lockdown to be over, let's thrive as the people of God. Let's be a people who encourage other people. Let's share the good news of Jesus. Let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our land. Don't just be, become complainers about it. But let's thrive in this situation. You know, things are changing all the time. Our society is changing. New rules, new restrictions. But you know, the amazing thing is God is still on the throne and God is still moving. God is still moving at 
this time. And God, his plans and his promises for us as individuals and for us as a church haven't stopped because of restrictions and because of lockdown. God, his promises still will be fulfilled. God has promised us as a church, the latter days will be greater than the former days. And that will still come to pass. And I believe it can happen even in lockdown, even in difficult situations. God can cause it to happen. You know, I really believe that God do, wants us as a people during this time not to, become, not to become consumers, but to become contributors. God wants us as a people not just to sit back and watch church online and just go through the motions, but let's be contributors. God, what do you want me to do? God, how can you use me? Where can I help? Where can I serve? Where can I minister? Help me to share with these people. How, what do you want me to do, God? Let's become contributors in this season. Let's make the most of the opportunities that the Lord has given us. Because I don't know about you, but I've had more opportunities in these last six months than I've had in the 27 years of my life. This is an amazing season to share about Jesus. Let's make the most of these opportunities. You know, we've had an incredible opportunity over these last few months just to reevaluate our lives, to look at our lives, to reassess, to put our lives right with God. We've had an opportunity to draw closer to Jesus than we ever have before. You know, as a church, we've reached more people online than we ever have before. You know, even one service at the start of lockdown, we had over 700 people in one week watching church online in a small place in Abraman. You know, every single week now, even though we're coming back together, we're still reaching over 200 people every single week through YouTube, Facebook, and our website. And that's not including everybody here. Over 200 new people. God isn't using this season for us just to survive. God wants us to thrive in this season. This is the season for the church and the people of God to thrive. Listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Listen to this. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. What does it mean, these evil days? These days which are, which are happening before the Lord returns because Jesus is coming again. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil, day, in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. God said to the people in exile, don't dwindle away. That was his first instruction. Don't just dwindle away during the season. But thrive in the season. Get planted. Get used to it. Get used to different. But ask God, God, lead me. God, use me. God, guide me. Get used to it. Don't dwindle away. But you know, there was another word that God gave his people as well. It wasn't just for them just to settle down and just to thrive in the season and get used to that season. The second thing that God told his people was, hold on to the promise I've given you. Hold on to the promise. If you are going to get through this exile season, first of all, don't dwindle away. But secondly, hold on to the promise. Hold on to the promise. You know, if the people were going to get through those 70 years, they didn't need just that, that bit of advice and those instructions. They needed a little bit of hope. They needed something to cling on to that they were actually going to get out of that captivity and out of that foreign land. And that's exactly what God gives them. You know, I believe sometimes we don't need a massive word. Sometimes all we need is a little bit of hope. God, I just need a little bit of hope. Just one word, God. Just your word. Just a promise, God, to help me get through this. And you know, that's exactly what God did. God gave them not just a little bit of hope. God gave them this incredible promise. God gave this word through Jeremiah to his people. And I'm sure you're familiar with this. Jeremiah 29, verse 10 to 14. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come 
and do for you all the good things I have promised and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out to the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. You know, it's amazing that these people, they turned away from God. Their hearts had grown cold towards God. They worshipped false gods and false idols. But although they had given up on God, God never gave up on them. And I, you know, I believe that's maybe a word for somebody here this morning or even somebody who's watching online. That although there are times where we give up on God, God will never give up on us. He will never give up on you. No matter how far we run away, no matter how much we turn our backs, no matter how much we curse him, God will never, ever give up on us. You know, and God was saying to his people here, people in exile, people in a foreign land, people who had had everything taken away from them, these people who had sinned against God. God was basically saying, yes, although you now reap and watch what you have sown, I've still got plans for you. I've got plans to bless you. I've got plans for you to prosper. I've got plans to deliver you. I've got plans to be a blessing to you. It was amazing, wasn't it? This incredible promise. They didn't deserve that because they turned away from God. But God says, I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to bring you through this situation. God had a plan for them and it was not to harm them, but it was for them to prosper. You know, I'm sure it was hard for them to take that, that word. I'm sure for some of them, they thought this is difficult, you know, and, and I'm sure that maybe for some of us, that's hard for us to take sometimes, especially with all that's happening in our world. We can think that everything is falling apart. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe you've done something wrong. And, but God wants to say, I've still got plans for you. God is a God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance. God is a God who restores the use that the locusts have eaten. God is a God who turns what the enemy means for evil for good. God has still got plans to bless. You know, I believe that God has still got plans to bless this church because God has promised us the latter days would be greater than the former days. God has still got a promise for us. And God was reminding his people here as we come to a conclusion this morning. God was reminding his people that you aren't prisoners of an enemy. You aren't prisoners of the Babylonians. God wanted his people to know you are prisoners of hope. You're not prisoners of the enemy. You are prisoners of hope. I read this this week and I've never seen this before, but listen to what it says in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11, to 12, verse 11 to 12. It says, as for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. And you know, it feels like we're prisoners right now, doesn't it? Prisoners in our own homes, prisoners within our county, in our city, prisoners within our nation because of all that's happening with COVID. But God says we are prisoners of COVID. We are prisoners of hope. We are bond slaves of Jesus Christ. We are free. The Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. We have been saved this morning. We have a hope this morning and it is because of Jesus. And God said to his people there, I've got plans to bless, bless you and for you to prosper. A little later on in Jeremiah 31 verse 16 to 17, God says, but now this is what the Lord says. Do not weep any longer for I will reward you, says the Lord. 
Your children will come back to you from the distant land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, says the Lord. Your children will come again to their own land. There is hope. There is hope. And I believe that's a word of the Lord for us this morning. There is hope during this difficult season. There is hope. Maybe there's something you are going through personally right now. The family difficulty, family situation. There is hope. We are not prisoners of our enemy. We are prisoners of hope this morning. We are free in and through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you know, God gave this word to his people when they were down, when they were in exile, when they were in a foreign land. And he gave this word so that they would believe, so that they would trust in him. They would stop relying on themselves and they'd begin to trust in him. And I believe God gives us his word as well to remind us, God, we need you. You've still got plans to prosper us. You're a God of mercy. You're a God who is faithful to his word. God is faithful. And I want, I believe the word of the Lord to us this morning is that even despite all of this that is happening in our nation at this time, God has still got a plan for us. God's still got a plan for you. God still wants to use you. I believe God wants to remind us today. Don't dwindle away, first of all. Let's make the most of these opportunities. Let's make the most of these days. But secondly, if we're going to get through all of this, we need a little bit of hope. And God has given us his word. He's given us his promise. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And just as it came to pass during Jeremiah's day, it will come to pass for you and for me. I believe the word of the Lord for us today is it's no longer time for us just to survive. I believe God wants us to thrive in exile in this season.